Right, let's open our Bibles quickly to, I want us to start once again today by taking our declaration of God's glory into the air, and we're going to take from this book of Psalms, chapter 45. If you're ready, say amen. You're not ready. Oh, yeah, I'll wait for you. If you're there, say amen. Ah, the amen is more convincing this time around. All right. Uh, as usual, we like to use the same version of the scriptures. Okay. So let's use a um, New American Standard Bible if you have one. And if you don't, just borrow from somebody beside you. Yeah, we're ready from verse 1 to verse um, uh, 9. All right, I want to let's go. My heart overflows with a glue thing. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Guard your sword on your thigh, O mighty one. In your splendor and your majesty. And in your majesty, ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach awesome things. Your arrows are sharp. The peoples fall under you. Your arrows are in the heart of the king's enemies. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. Verse 8. All your garments are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Out of ivory palaces, string instruments have made you glad. Verse 9. King's daughters are among your noble ladies. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from offer. Amen. Amen. All right. That uh, verse 9 is prophetic about the church. It's a queen of Christ Jesus. Now it says, um, I'm looking for a particular verse. Say, guard your sword on your thigh. Verse 3. O mighty one. In your splendor and your majesty, ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you or let your right hand demonstrate awesome things. That is what the Lord will do in this season in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember, he has to do that. He has to do that. The Lord has to arise and make his enemies scatter. That is what he's doing. And so what we are doing is empowering the word of God on the earth by declaring these words regularly. We empower the power of God. We release the power of God into the air by declaring these words regularly. And that's why we'll start our meetings these days with this. And I'm encouraging everybody, I'd like to just remind us, do that in the morning, do it at night. Take scriptures and read them into the air. That is how to pray. That is how to release the power of God into the air. The Lord is good. All right, we say it again. Read from verse 3, everybody, to verse um, 5. One, two, let's go. Get your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and your majesty. And in your majesty, ride on prosperously, victoriously, for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp, the peoples fall under you. Your arrows are in the heart of the king's enemies. Amen. Hey, I don't want to start teaching on that right now. Believe me, Jesus is powerful. He's very powerful. 
You know, I was reading the other day, uh, which portion of the Bible now? You know, the people of God, they will go to battle. God will rain stones, hailstones, huge hailstones against their enemies. So that more people will die from the natural disaster than the people of Israel needed to fight and kill. That's how it works. God actually used to fight for his people. Dangerous ways. Let me say it again. God will fight for his people. Amen. If you see it appear like he's not fighting for his people, something is wrong. He's angry. He said it himself. Why would one chase a thousand and two chase ten thousand? He says that their rock sold them. One of the most uninteresting books of the Bible to read is the book of Judges. If I do the one I did, listen to it on the Bible, on, you know, audio Bible. You just get tired. And the people of Israel sinned against the Lord and he sold them to the hands of the Midianites. Then that chapter will end with deliverance by Gideon. The very next chapter, and they, they sinned against the Lord again, and he sold them to the hand of the Ammonites. That's why he's saying to the Philistines, the Ammonites, the, 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 uh, what they call it, the Midianites, all kinds of people keep selling them. But the point is this. They are always the ones that will cause it. God is never the one to start the trouble. It's when idolatry, you understand, iniquity, you know, begins to spread amongst the people. Then God ends up selling them. So anytime you see it appear as if the Lord is not doing something, look, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And that's why we need to pray, search me, O Lord. I hope you are getting my point. It's important. You pray for the church, that truth. Let me say it again. All those who have been lying in the name of Jesus Christ, they're in trouble. If he doesn't remove them, we can't prosper. God will not judge people who are stealing money until he has judged those who are stealing spiritual money. You know, physical money is not big. As far as God is, it's not a big thing. The person who, let, assuming I'm the pastor of a church and I'm very honest, everybody contributes 10 million naira for a project and I spend 10 million and one naira. So one naira didn't get missing. But every time I come to church, I lie in the name of the Lord. Maybe I raise the money through lying. There's another pastor next door. If you give him one million, 950, you know, go see again. But he never preaches what is not wrong, what is not true. He try, in fact, he borrows Bible study scripts from Pastor Okemuti and preaches it. It doesn't deviate from the left, <laughs> from to the left or to the right. Do you know who's sinning more? The guy who doesn't steal one naira, but doesn't preach the truth. But the one who eats a lot of money and doesn't ever lie when it comes to preaching. That one is a safer person to follow. You can't lead anybody astray. And that's what I'm telling you. God is going to judge those who lie in his name first before he starts running after those who are stealing money. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, before we take our seats, quickly, let's take our declaration of understanding, which we always do. Are we ready? All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Ah, amen. Amen.
What is it? Did they, did they charge for saying amen? All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, um, let me just, um, today we are going to do mostly um, reading of the scriptures and declaring them over. Uh, first, we'll pray for the church of God, and then we'll pray for our nation, and then we'll pray for ourselves. We're going to do plenty of that today. But let me just remind us of some things we have been saying. Um, you know, we're talking about intercessors by faith. That is, is intercessor or intercession by faith? Yeah, intercession by faith, yes. We began by explaining the fact that hope is critical. You know, God requires people who we pray. Let me say it again. We discussed it last time. Please just give me a few minutes to just go over some of those things. God requires people who we pray before what he wants to do on the earth will be done. We took an example from um, um, Ezekiel chapter 36, where he said, This I will let the children of Israel ask me, Verse 37, this also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock. And we said that when he said this also, that tells you that the things he said, if you go back many verses, all right, actually um, from around the verse 22, you know, even before then, you see a lot of things that he promised them that he was going to do. Now he now summarized it apparently in that verse 37. He said, this also I will let them ask me to do for them. And that's what John was teaching when he said, we shall ask according to his will. Now, when he prophesied it, we would have thought it was automatic. Please, let's be reminded. It being prophesied does not mean the fulfillment will be automatic. That's where prophecy and predictions are different things. I hope you're getting my point. Prophecy is a declaration of the will of God. What did I say? Is when God ha- that when, when you hear a prophetic word, God has declared His will, all right. But there has to arise a generation in whose lives that um, will will be fulfilled. There has to arise a generation in whose life or their lives that will will be fulfilled, and that's why you see a man like Daniel. He understood that um, Jeremiah had prophesied concerning when Israel should experience deliverance, 70 years of captivity. But then, having this understanding, he took the knowledge and made that the knowledge of that prophecy a prayer point. He made that prophecy a prayer point. He didn't just sit down and assume that it's going to happen. He began to, let me use the expression, demand the fulfillment. He began to demand, so to speak, the fulfillment. He was saying, that's what the Bible talks about, watchmen. God has watchmen. What do watchmen do? Watchmen, they do two things. They notice what's going on around, and then they also know what is supposed to be happening according to the dictates of the Spirit. That is what God planned in the Spirit. And their, their own duty is to bring through prayer the fulfillment of that which God spoke in the realm of the Spirit into the physical realm. And Jesus said, pray like this, thy will be done on earth as it is written or recorded in heaven. People often misread that as, as it is being done in heaven. That's not what he was saying. He said, let your will be done on earth as it is declared, as it has been determined, as it has been recorded in heaven. Let your will be done. Let me remind us again. It doesn't mean let anything be done. I hope you're getting my point. When human beings use the word that will be done many times, what they mean is that we don't understand what is going to happen. Let anything that will happen, let it happen. That's not the meaning of that will be done. 
Sometimes people say things like, let the Lord do that which is pleasing in his sight. That's actually is more appropriate. But when you use the word will, when the will of God comes into prayer, it's not non-specific. It is not nebulous. It's not something you don't know what you are saying. The least you must know is what he said. You may not know the fine details. Do you get my point? You may not know the fine details, but you must know what he said. That is what you take to prayer. <laughs> if I say this, you know, sometimes Christians think that when the Bible says praying in the spirit, we just assume that praying in the spirit means you are praying in tongues. No, that's not what it means. If I listen to Ken Higgins, um teachings toward the latter days of his life, he also modified that his teaching. All right? You, you, you noticed it. You noticed it. Yes, he did. He made some corrections because we, we used to say that when you are praying in the spirit, it means you are praying in tongues. Not necessarily. Because we just took that one. Paul said, I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. So we just took that one to interpret. When he said, uh, uh, building yourselves up in your, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We just assume that it means that you are praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues. Paul said, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than he or So that's not what we're saying. There's nothing wrong with praying in the spirit by that, in that area. But when the Bible is praying in the spirit a lot of times, what he actually is talking about is taking the word of God to him in prayer. Because the spirit and the word, they are the same. I hope you're getting my point. That's it. That is, don't come to God with your own desires. That's your own personal feelings. Come to him. He said, take with you words. Take the words that he has spoken. Take them back to him. It's a very important way of praying. That's why John said, if we pray according to his will, that his will is not describing something we don't know. John was saying that if you look at the word of God and then you look at your environment and they don't merge, that is, they don't tie, then you pray according to his will. That which he has spoken, it is our duty, your duty, my duty, we as people, to pray it into physical reality. So Jesus says, pray like this, thy will be done. He wasn't saying that, Lord, oh, hmm. The way this country is going, let your will be done. If, if, if the roads are going to spoil, let them spoil. If the, if the president is going to go crazy, let him go crazy. If good person is going to power, come to power, let him come to power. Anything that will happen, we will see it tomorrow. That's not what it means. For example, you say, justice is turned back in the streets. The Lord saw and he was displeased. So we know injustice is displeasing. I hope you're getting my point. You know, this morning, one of my sisters raised the, raised the prayer point and when I, of course, we, what we do, we contribute to the prayers and all of that. I said, let me just see the, when I just read it, uh, a few scriptures just came to my mind. I said, uh, God, don't answer this one now. So we just <laughs> took that scripture and began to read. was praying against kidnappers and stuff like that. I just remember the number of scriptures. So I quoted it from Psalm 37. It said, the wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow. Of course, that's talking about their planning and their weapons. To cast down the afflicted and the needy, those who can't defend themselves against them. To slay those who are upright in conduct. He said, their swords will enter their own heart and their bows will be broken. So I said, this word of God, we are light upon every kidnapper in this nation in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how you pray. I hope you're getting my point. Why? That's God's, that's God's plan. It's not me. <laughs> Did I write the book? I discovered his purpose for wicked people. I discovered his plan. So when that matter was brought up, I said, the Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. That's from Psalm um, 11. Upon the wicked, he will rain snares, fire, brimstone, and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. 
You know, Apostle, this God that doesn't love people that people keep on preaching to us. Do we read this Bible? I don't know if people read these scriptures. If you read the Bible, when God is coming, you take the other side. That if you're a sinner. If you're, in fact, sometimes, even if you're not a sinner, when you see the Lord come, you first check your heart. All the thoughts I thought today, I hope they are good thoughts. They are not displeasing to him. He has given us his plan. He said, upon the wicked, he will rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. Why? For the Lord is righteous. That means if he does not do it, he's not righteous. He said he loves righteousness. He said the upright will behold his face. This is the, that's what they call the will. He said, let, let thy will be done. I hope you're getting my point. He said, Pastor, shouldn't they repent? Ah, there's another scripture for it. He desires that everybody should what? Should repent. Say, Lord, let those who will repent. It's, that's how it is. You don't take one and leave the other. Both of them will be thrown into the air. Then each person will activate the one that's fitting for his life. For those who will repent, they will receive mercy. Anyone that will not repent, this scripture will just be amplified. Will be terrorized. Which other which word can I use? <laughs> it will be amplified upon the person. That's just the way the word works. You see, we can't help it. That is how God is. You know, I was reading my Bible again. I can't think I was listening to it on tape. And I was just looking at when God wanted to bring Israel into the promised land. That's why some Europeans don't like God. They've tried him. God has been put on trial before them. And is guilty of genocide. God is guilty of genocide. Now you know the fear. You put God on trial. They say he kills more children. And they will... Christians now, Pentecostals, want to defend God. It was not him, it was the devil. Why are you lying? <laughs> so he kills more children. Yes, he did. If you read your Bible well, you will know he, did. he used to do stuff like that. You will give Ju- um, um, Moses, of course. You will give Moses a commandment. Moses will give the same commandment to Joshua. And Joshua will go and execute it. And you will hear that he took that city and spared none alive, according to the word of the Lord. Why is the question? It was a time for their judgment. Israel was an instrument of judgment. Let me tell you, God punishes wickedness. Let's bear it in mind. See, tell everybody, whether you're a politician or an agbero, whether you're a professor or a primary school teacher, whether you're a housewife or first lady, no matter who you are, hear ye this word of the Lord. He will judge wickedness. In each life, he will. If any wicked person thinks he escaped in this, on this earth, they are just amplify the corner of the hellfire they are going to put him. I'm telling you the truth. God judges wickedness. Just bear it in mind. There is nobody that will go scot-free. The only person that will go free is the person who rushes to him and asks for mercy. And then the judgment that was placed upon Jesus is now put in the person's credit. Therefore, the individual is forgiven that he technically goes scot-free even though somebody had to suffer for it. I hope I get my point. Jesus had to suffer for it. 
Listen, God judges wickedness. He does. And if he does not do it, he can't bless people. When he wanted to bless Israel, you know what he did? He went and judged the Hittites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, all those sites people that are there. Two things went together. Their judgment and the blessing of Israel. So their judgment turned out to be the blessing for the people of God. He said, God is not bringing you in because of your righteousness. He's taking them out because of their wickedness. That was why one of the assignments Israel had was to exterminate people. But the modern world says, "Ah, how can a loving God do that? I keep on saying, don't forget, there are two sides to God. There's a loving God and there's a just God. The just God, the God of justice has to do that. Otherwise, he will be unjust. Like we just read from here now. Why does he do, why does he rain snares and burning wind and brimstone and fire on the wicked? He said, because he loves righteousness. That's not what he says. He said, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. He said, the one who loves violence, his soul hates. I'm reading from Psalm 11, from verses 5 to 7. He said, the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked, he will rain snares. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. Why? The Lord is righteous and he loves righteousness. I'm talking about prayer. How do you pray the will of God? Is to take scriptures like this and declare them. So I was saying, when God has given his promise, we activate it in our generation. The reason why people like me, I mean, me now when I say me, I mean preacher. Are you getting my point? Not, not the normal guy, I mean the preacher guy. <laughs> why we exist, one, to explain the word of God to people, that's one. But the prophetic anointing is necessary in every generation to bring forth the words that are most, most important because there's just a vast sum of the counsel of God you will come, you will encounter. But in each season, one takes more prominence than another. I hope you're getting my point. The way by which Israel lived under Solomon, also from scripture, is not the way they, by which they lived under a man like Joshua, or even David. In the time of Joshua, the time of David, it was warfare all the time. By the time of Solomon, God had given them rest roundabout. So in there to oppress certain other scriptures more prominently. All of them are still true. All of them are still correct. But each season, there will, there will be a particular scripture, a particular will of God that they will make their prayer point more often. I hope you're getting my point. So if you see a lot of wickedness in the land, <laughs> I don't need to tell you that certain scriptures must come up. Like this one we just read. He said, when thy judgments are upon the earth, the inhabitants thereof, they learn what? They learn righteousness. I'm talking about the assignment that we are doing as believers, intercessors. That is what intercession is about. That is why God needs people like that. He needs us. I keep on teaching about this. I believe the Holy Spirit wanted us to know. That is what prayer is. It's bringing God into the situation. 
It's bringing the will of God into manifestation. That's what it is. Next point we've been talking about this. I'm just doing a bit of a review. Next point is not everybody that prays. It's not everybody that God listens to. Say, Pastor Mark, what do you mean? Are we different? Yes. How do I know? Jeremiah, God told him one day, prayer warrior. You think you can pray? If you like, go and call Samuel. And go and call Moses. I still will not listen. The day I read that, it never left me. You can interpret it many ways, but it dawned on me that God recognized something which I believe that Jeremiah understood. That Israel had had prayer warriors. People who moved God, like we say. Samuel was one. Moses was another. So that God said, even though Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart will not, will not be with these people. Send them away, he said, from my presence and let them go. That tells me simply, there are things Moses will ask for that God will do. And if it was not Moses, he would not have done it. We have divine weights which vary. All of us as believers in Christ Jesus, we are all supposed to have the same. Actually, we have the same approach to God. What now sorts one person away from another? A little thing that we were talking about last time, you know, last week. Like, have you given up hope? You may be a believer and you decide to throw away hope. Every day you open your newspapers, you read things that poison your soul. So that when you approach God, the words coming out from your mouth are not words of his will. They are words that come out of bitterness and not righteousness now. These are the things we are saying. For example, you know the truth? Most of the warnings in scripture, I will say this, many people will not like it, but it's the truth. You know, most warnings in the scripture are directed at believers. I don't have time to start explaining why now. Why, how come I know it? I know, okay, how do I know it? I just checked the way Peter, James, and Paul, how they read it. If you see the way they read those things, <laughs> it, a lot of those warnings, they are directed at Christian. If you even see Moses, he took time out to one because the, the Israel was a type of the church. Are you getting my point? And he warned them. The warnings were directed at you know at the people of God. Now, what am I going to explain? Many times Christians put their hands in iniquity. Now, why I said what I said is that David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, what happens? Lord won't hear me. So as a matter of fact, he's not talking about unbelievers, he's talking about Christians. Yes, that's it. It's believers. I said it last time. I'm just doing some review. No, for some time I've been saying it. Okay, was it last time I said this? Because I, I remember and they're just making me laugh. I said, events recently showed to me that I'm on my own. When I say I'm on my own, and not only me, but if you're like me, we're on our own. Most people who claim they are praying, okay, let's talk about national issues now. They're not praying with you. They don't have hope. You'll be there, you'll be, you'll be praying in the name of Jesus. Then somebody gives an opportunity to escape. They escape. In the midst of the prayer. Like one man said, those days I heard him in Lagos. He said, once this one comes, I've left your country for you. He was arranging some, arranging, you know, had some arrangement about traveling abroad. He said, once this comes, I've left your country for you. And when he said it, I, I, I remember very well. This was long ago, not today, not yesterday. It was long ago. It's nothing less than 20 years ago. Yeah, it's more like, yeah, about 24 years ago, thereabout. And I looked at the man like, what? 
You know why I was saying what? When we go to church, you'll be in front. It was a pastor in Winners Chapel. And you'll be leading prayer and leading testimonies. And I thought we were together. <laughs> I thought we were praying together. Then when he uttered that statement, I realized that no, he's not with me. We're not in agreement at all. I realized that I said, oh. So if you want to pray for maybe like Nigeria now, we have to really give everybody a form to fill. <laughs> Before you are admitted for the prayer meeting. So if you're giving the visa now, will you, will you run away from the country? Tell the truth and let the devil be ashamed. Anybody that says yes, tell me please. My name is Gideon. The Lord said I should select those who are going. <laughs> yes, you know God told Gideon. Select who? Gideon came with 37,000 people. Say, eh? Where are these people going to? <laughs> God said, Where are they going? We are going to fight the media. And I said, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Don't spoil everything. Oh, yeah? Drive them away. They were still plenty. Ah. Oh, yeah? Go and have them drink water. Just what they are drinking. They are laughing like this. Cake. At the end of the day, how many people are remaining? 300. Because that one is easier. It's easier for me to give victory by this few. Spiritual things are like that. You know, sometimes people think that let's get, have you seen this before? We are going to raise a million people. You've seen those things going around. Forward, I have never forwarded. Numbers don't move God. No. No. Numbers don't move him. Only Moses can move him. Someone all alone can move him. The whole congregation of Israel annoyed him. People say, I've seen it before. What we are going to do is to raise a million. As if that one million, they say, there's, there's a catch in it. There's no catch in it. One million unbelieving people. One million people who are, people are, uh, one million people are, who are in doubt and fear. One million people who are only forwarding because nobody charges for forwarding. If you want to know whether they believe or not, say, 100 naira per forward. That is when you will know those who believe and those who don't believe. But this one was just, in fact, WhatsApp now says that you can't fall to more than five people. Now, WhatsApp has become very wicked. There are things you want to fall. Say, no, one person. Why? Says, before them many times. I say, how is that your problem? <laughs> you go forward and you just click, 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 forward. You know, they now say that you have one million people praying. The other time, people were praying. Say, okay, let's pray, let's pray. What is the prayer about? That uh, that uh, Antichrist will not come. And I'm looking and say, is that a prayer point? He must come. Nobody can stop that. In his time, he will come. But his time is not a, like they say, it's not a chronos time. It's not just a date, 5th of December, 2028. Don't go and write that down. It's not a prophetic word. Though. I'm just talking my own. There's some people like... <laughs> So, I don't mean that's a bad thing. Some people believe in me so much. They write that date down. Ah, I've also, you don't have disciples like that. I have. They will say, Pastor, you said 5th of December. They will go and say, Pastor, Frank, you said 5th of December, 2020. What did I say now? Was it 28th, I said? They will write it down. They will put the alarm. Thank God Google knows they forget. Google will remind them, say, not today. They will. <laughs> So for those people who are like that, I love you. Amen. But that's not a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good. So it's not like that chronos time. The time is a fulfillment of certain issues. When the apostasy comes, then the man of sin will come. So instead of praying that man of sin will not come, you pray against what? Apostasy. 
And first, you watch yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. Pray for your brethren around that their faith will not fail. And then dedicate yourself to the word of God. That's how to withhold the Antichrist. Not just because you're one billion praying all over the world. Antichrist now. Antichrist will join the prayer. Not nobody join hands. Let's join hands. Because all of you are people of iniquity. Yeah, just so he's not afraid. I hope you're getting my point. So numbers don't move God. That's what I'm going to emphasize. People sometimes want to fall and say, we want to raise a million prayer warriors. Me, I don't join. I'm sorry. A million? No. I'm sorry. Read your scriptures. Where have you found on this earth? God required one million prayer. Prayer. He said, I sought for how many men? I hope you don't mind my English. I sought for what? A man. One. He didn't say, I'm looking for ten um, prayer warriors. When God starts counting people, it is the time he's counting those who walk in righteousness. He now said, ten, um, how did, how did, how did Abraham say it again? Ten righteous people. That's when he starts counting. And those ones, they were not praying for information. They were just rejecting the iniquity that was in the land. That's when God starts counting. So when it's prayer time, it's not everybody. It's not. Now, I'm not emphasizing something here. But what we need to do as individuals is to make sure we can be counted. That is, as prayer warriors now. I've been giving us a, 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 some, a number of points. One, there are people that have hope. When you want to walk with God, you put your hand on the plow, you don't look back. If God gives you a, a vision or a dream, a desire for, say, a nation like the one we are in, because you see, what God did is to plant his people in every nation. He planted his people in Ghana, planted them in America, planted them in Russia, Planted in Nigeria. So let's stop about Nigeria now. If God gives you a vision, every day I think about this, I just keep on realizing that working with God, no be small thing. We, we, know, we were brought up initially to think that working with God is how we get our needs met. Now we have grown and realized that no. Like Pastor Siri was saying when we were so good, which I agree with him 100%. In fact, I think I've not taught along, along that line before, that we learn the principle of faith. But God... There are many of us forgot to learn what God wanted us to use the principles for. We learned the principles of faith, now applying it to food and raiment. God never wanted us to use it for that. He said, use it to seek the kingdom. And food and raiment will be added. So when I see people advertising how to produce food and raiment with your faith, I just shift the... Sometimes I will listen to the person, and I, but I will be using my own principles I'm learning from you and focusing on something else. Now, why did I say all of these things? I realized over the last many years, of course, as a, as, a, as a grown person, that working with God is not a joke. You know, let me give an example. James said, you shouldn't all be teachers, right? What was his reason? Now, what it was, it was not trying to say, if you're a teacher, don't do your job. Paul had told us that each one must exercise his gift. Each one has grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And each person must exercise. But Peter, um, James was explaining that hmm, the fact that uh, teachers stand in front and they have the glamour of ministry, don't let it entice you. They sign up for bigger judgment. It's not a job you should want. That's what James was saying. So make sure you are called. Be slow to accept it. Don't look at any glory in it. There's no glory in it. There's trouble in it. 
Why? <laughs> because their judgment is double. And that's why Paul had to write, they should get double honor also. You know? <laughs> yeah. Paul says, the only sufferer will be suffering. <laughs> is anyone laboring in word and in doctrine? Should get what? Double honor. You know why? Because James said he's going for double judgment. He said, let's balance this thing. Now only judgment will go to the job. If it's, you know, God holds you responsible, not only for what you believe, but for what others do as a result of what you teach. Yes. Many pastors are in trouble. They don't know. They don't read the Bible well. James had warned. Before you, I'm not kidding what I'm telling you. <laughs> I pray this prayer in, I still pray this morning. I still remember praying it this morning. I said, Lord, I beg you. I don't want to lie to anybody. I don't want anybody to disobey you because of what I said. Please, Lord, let me preach the truth. This, I still remember very well. I don't want to preach my emotions. I don't want to preach my desires. I don't want to preach my, can I use the word, vexation? Just angry. This country. Every killer will die. <laughs> I, I saw one pastor the other day. When he was giving 10 scriptures on why Christians should go and buy guns. Ah, you're a guy, no? You're a guy. Ah, why are you denying him now? You know, I, you know the truth there. Eh? I'm being honest with you. I saw his pain. I could feel it. You know, if you are from the area where these things have happened, ah, you will, you will understand the pain. Except that it's not scripture. It's not the word of God. And, and of course, the congregation were, oh, they were all happy. I said, you'll be popular. Your church will increase in number. But listen to me. You have to repent. Otherwise, God will judge you. Yes, he will judge. I know. He will judge. So I pray, say, God, please, if I'm angry at home, let it stay at home. When I'm on the pulpit, let all my problems be behind. If I'm sick, it shouldn't make me preach a kind of doctrine. And I say, God does not heal today. Why? Because I've been sick for the last eight months and he hasn't done anything. And I kill the faith of people. That sickness will get worse. Let me come with my illness. I will still open the scripture to Isaiah chapter 53. Himself took our infirmities and our diseases. And by his stripes we have been healed. He's a healing God. He's a healing Jesus. There is no, I'm sick. That's how he wants it. I was saying something. I know I went into that. That I've realized that walking with God is not a joke. It's not what we used to think. It's an assignment. It's enlistment. You know to enlist? Uh, yes, that's the word. It's when God calls you, he enlists you into something. And when you have been enlisted, you no longer, you know, I'm looking for, you, know, he said you, you, you no longer allow yourself to be entangled with the affairs of this world. Because soldiers are not allowed to do that. Soldiers suffer. Soldiers. Their masters are suffering. I don't think anybody suffers like soldiers in this world. They just, you know, like they're suffering. They are trained to suffer. If you have seen the training, the way soldiers are trained. I mean, you see the way they train the Nava SEALs. American Nava SEALs. But there's one particular movie we saw about it. No, somebody was telling this story. Maybe like, you see men suffering. They said, okay, you can, all your men are suffering. They said, oh, you, just ring the bell and you and your men can go free. And the guys are not ringing. And that you almost, 
drop in the center of the ocean, the sea somewhere. They're supposed to swim maybe 15 kilometers to the shore. And the water is freezing cold. And you're like, you are 10 of you. And the master sanger drops you. And either he goes away in the boat, or sometimes he jumps out the water with you and be watching all of you. He's used to it. He's, a, he's an evil spirit himself. So, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's why God expects Christians to be. They're supposed to be tough. I know where I went to all of this. I'll get back there in a second. I realized that following the Lord is being enlisted. So sometimes he will give you, remember I began from, a vision, a dream, and he gives you a land to help. And I was reading the story of Joshua. Joshua was just fighting all the time. Joshua was just fighting. Joshua fought and fought and fought and fought till he was old. All Joshua was doing fighting and sharing land. Everybody was coming to him. Where's our own land? Joshua was okay. Take from here. Take to there. Okay, how many people are playing? Now go and fight and take the other one. And you know what? He never doubted God. Remember that? He and Caleb, they never doubted God. But they were enlisted. His assignment was to cause the people to inherit the land. So sometimes, God gives you that kind of assignment. That's where I began all of this talk from, all right? So he drops you in the middle of a country like ours. Takes you to Rwanda. He takes you to Burundi. Sometimes you are not even born there. Maybe you are born here. Sometimes your name is Pa Elton. You are not born in the country. Just gave you a vision from, from your own father's country. And then you move down here and you start living in small, poorly built houses, cooking with earthenware pots, using fire, you know, uh, what do you call it? Wood, firewood, thank you. Why? Because he gave you a vision for that land. And then you live there and then you die there. Listen, hmm? Christians, be careful when you start running away because of difficulty. You were born to endure hardship. I said this last time, we're discussing it. God doesn't bless until he finds people that can lay down their lives for the blessing. The revival that Nigeria enjoyed, people like Pai Elton literally laid down their lives. There will be sacrifices they made, they may not even understand to t- tell us about. But I can give you a few that he talked about. Piety had only one child. Not because he didn't love children. No, this is why we don't want children. You know why we don't like many children? I would like you to take all of them to Dubai. The country is hard. You never can tell. No? This is our God. He's getting old too, soon. Ancient of this. He goes, soon get sick now. Is that not how we reason? So by the time my children are growing, he'll be retiring. And this devil doesn't look like he's going to let up at all. Go <laughs> finish my children. <laughs> eh? Is that not how we talk? Apostle, no, so they take talk. So the God that brought me this far, carrying me was hard. He's now tired. By the time it's time for my children to grow up, it should be near retirement. I heard this in civil service. That's how we reason. Pilate wasn't reasoning like that. He said, why did he have only one child? He said, because he was a white man who was coming to a new country. Of course, let me put many words together. You understand that he, it was going to be difficult for him to raise white children in Nigeria. So the way he understood it, he said, 
they will have to go back home to send his children to school back home. He said that would disrupt his ministry work. That was the only reason he gave. When he arrived, he arrived with his one daughter. And said, no, the work is enormous. I can't afford to be... He said, he said, he said I don't want to scatter my family. You know, the way we live in these days, we like to scatter the family. He said he could not scatter the family. He made sacrifices. Taught Nigerian Christians. Preached day and night. Traveled all over the country. Establishing the saints. He was pouring out his life for the gospel in this land. Then those of us that have been blessed by it, where landlords say, no, my children must not suffer. Listen, this suffering must go from one generation to another before the whole nation is blessed. I hope you got what I said there. If one generation took the suffering, it's a button. It goes to the next generation. You know what Paul said? He has suffered. He now wrote to Timothy. He said, suffer hardship how? With me. Timothy was the next generation. He said, suffer hardship with me as a true soldier. I keep on telling parents, stop this nonsense that my children must not suffer. They should suffer. What nonsense is all of this? <laughs> one day, where we used to live, I was going to drop my son. He was the only one in secondary school at that time, Mackie. And our neighbor's children in school. So when I saw, there was one pastor that lived near us. When I saw them going, about three kids or four, about three. So I packed all of them into my car. So which school are you people going to? They said they would drop at the junction there. So when I got to that junction, where are they going? They told me. You will drop here. Where's your school? They told me where the school was. Ah, That's down the street, one long street. Then you cross a major busy junction. And then you keep on walking. They say yes. They shouldn't worry that they are used to it. Well, the boy I was taking to school, one of them was a big adult girl. My son was, there were three, was one of the smallest. He was in like JS1 or JS2. Eh. The oldest one of those children that was leading two or three was younger than my own son. So I said, how do you cross the junction? So when they get there, they will... She keep the younger ones here. Signal the traffic warden. The traffic warden will help them cross. No, I was scratching my head. That was the last day I carried those other children. <laughs> I said, this is enough. When I, I told you, I, I picked him in the afternoon. I said, from today. Hey, 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 hey. I don't want to hear anything. No. You people will learn to jump from one bus to another. I said, What nonsense? A kind of air-conditioned car, they will sit down there. Life is not air-conditioned. Nonsense. You can ask uh, Reverend Felix. He was the one that trained my son how to enter bus. You know, Kingdom World Office was near their school that time. So, closing time, he will walk across to his school, pick him, take him to the bus stop. Then they will go by bus all the way to our, the, our, the, where our street starts. They would drop him there. That one would walk home. They did that for a week. Then, I think the next week, I've gone I did it. He, he didn't do it. This one would just watch him. Watch him enter the bus. He would enter with him. After some, about like two weeks, Bobo, you're on your own. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, so. 
If I one day his uncle saw me, and then I saw his mom or me, and ah, congratulated us for the way we are raising the children. I said, what happened? That they were in Sunday school. He asked how many of them here go to school by bus. My son just quickly put up his hand. Ah, they go to school by bus. <laughs> <laughs> ah, if I want the, many times we will not lose his money. We will not trek home. Whether he lost the money or chopped the money, I don't know. But there's no money. <laughs> no, from Spring of Life, they would trek to library. Yes, he and his friend just, oh, let's be walking home. What's the big deal? We did it in secondary school those days now. Didn't you do it? Yes. Ah, what is it? Parents now think it's a matter of pride that my children know they don't enter bus. Why won't they enter bus? If you enter bus, you should. Enter the bus. It's not that, oh my God in heaven. That, after that experience that day, I go home, I read the route act to everybody. This one that will leave. <laughs> no. no I, ah. The one younger than my son was leading younger ones to school. And you know what I noticed? Igu did not carry those children. They didn't disappear. They came back home safely. Ah, no. The, look, hardship is good. It's good. There's nothing wrong with it. My, my friends are in Lagos. They're going to t- teach his daughters how to jump Mulwe. But I think they've removed Mulwe in Lagos now. Yeah. He said, no, it's a banky. They have to learn it. Too. That this life is not easy. <laughs> that they have to know how hard life. I mean, that things can go rough. You shouldn't just get lost in the midst of, hey, my mommy, mommy, where's my mommy? <laughs> I mean, when things are rough, you tell your guys, man, guys, move, go enter bus. Say, no money. We'll talk to the conductor now. Conductor, bros. Well done, sir. I beg. <laughs> they have to be wise. They have to be, sorry to use the expression, street wise. I mean, they should be able to navigate this life for goodness sake. Daddy will not always be there. That's how it is also with spiritual things. Paul, he's, he's oh my father. Last time we were reading about the sufferings of Paul here. Saturday, yes. They now told Timothy, get ready. Endure hardship. I don't want to hear that in this Ephesus they don't give offering. So I want to transfer to where? The church in Thessalonica. The way this my, my guys people used to do. And the pastors will be lobbying to be one part of big congregation. Lobbying to be moved to this, you know, where the bank managers are paying tight. That's how doctrine starts changing. One man came to church. Say, listen. Sometimes the Lord can minister to you to give your tithe to your pastor. Amen? All of this doctrine is because the guy don't check and check out money. Every money is going to headquarters. Ah! Now I change the doctrine. If I tell you some things I've heard there, some of our brethren do. They will preach well on Thanksgiving. You know why? And they, do, they will encourage you to bring your Thanksgiving as material things. Because if you bring it as cash, it's going to headquarters. So people will be bringing goods and possibly encouraging them a living sacrifice. Amen. <laughs> you won't know why. The doctrine will be changing small, small. And Solomon sacrificed a thousand bond offerings. Because if you bring the goat and bring the cow, headquarters can't collect that one. The Lord is good. Why? Because we think ministry is enjoyment. Please, what was I saying? I have not forgotten what I was trying to explain. That sometimes God give, puts you in a place and he says to you, give your life for the redemption of that place. 
it's not only Jesus that died for the salvation of mankind. No, he didn't die all by himself. We are dying with him. Yes, I reasoned about it before. And God, I believe the Holy Spirit, I'm sure of the answer now than before. And that's why he used to allow his saints to be killed for the sake of the gospel. It's part of their dying with him on the cross. That's why of all the 12 foundational apostles, only one didn't die violently. And this Jesus that removed Peter from inside the prison, why couldn't he do it again? He said, no, 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 no. why should I do it? Leave it. I'm trying to make a statement. So when Paul was saying, okay, we've done everything, just say, donate your head for cutting. When Peter said, we'll finish the course, yeah, crucify him. When my, uh, what's the name of our guy that went to India? Thomas. And Thomas said, yes, I praise the gospel, yeah, kill him. They would drag him, tie him to a cart and drag him and mess him up nicely. And Jesus is there watching. Why? He wants to make a statement. That the way I died for the world, that's how my disciples, my apostles are dying for the world. Not everybody will have the neck cut, blood shed, but we have to live as a living sacrifice on a daily basis. Christians don't run. No. We're not runners. No. We are purposeful people. You know, there's one French pilot, you know, pilot as captain of a ship, all right? Okay, a French um, captain. He's in prison till now. Oh, I don't know whether they released him. Do you know why he went to jail? A few years ago, the boat, a luxury boat, is this what they call this boat? No, no, not yet. The, the cruise, yeah, a cruise. A cruise ship ran aground and began to tilt. Then began to sink, so they began to evacuate people. So when the rescuers came and they asked, Where is the captain? and he answered them from a lifeboat, they arrested him and put him in prison because somebody else died on the boat. Say, what? Where are you? They found he had left the boat. Huh? How could you have left the boat? That was it. Oh. The guy was tried for manslaughter and he's currently in prison. Unless just, they just released him recently. What was the sin they committed? He left the boat. He left the boat. By law, he's supposed to be the last person on the boat. He's supposed to go around and make sure all the cabins are empty. He has to satisfy himself that there's nobody else left on this boat before he leaves. Even if the boat is sinking. Didn't you watch Titanic? When the captain saw things were bad, he just stood in place. You saw the water gush into that compartment and kill him. He knew he couldn't go anywhere. The lifeboats were not enough. One person that will not get a lifeboat is a captain. That's why commercial aircrafts don't have parachutes for anybody. The ones that have parachutes are the military one. But now only two of them are there. Now only you. So if you want to eject, eject. Now only crash. Now only plane will crash. But once it's commercial, parawit. If the plane is going down, you are going down. You must go down with the plane. What am I going to explain? Sometimes God gives you a place and says, it's yours. I know the truth. You can't be evacuated. Things get bad. He says, sorry, you can't be evacuated. It's yours. It's your boat. I want you to take care of it. He says, the economy is bad right now. Say, one or two things. Do we wipe the place off the surface of the earth? You say, no. Then who's going to save it? 
Christians actually literally lay down their lives for the cause of Christ. Many of us are waiting till they put a gun to our head or they say, deny Christ. Many of us deny him daily. There's one guy in the Bible, Demas. That's what he did. When Paul was writing to Timothy, endure hardship with me, Demas had left. Why must, look, I don't know, Paul does not preach prosperity. Demas was saying, he's going to join a, a commission where they preach prosperity. Like I was saying, was it on Tuesday we were saying it? It was Saturday. Pastors jumping from one, so, yes, submitting to one grace, stopping from, until that they are disgraced. Yeah, because when you leave your own main grace, what do you remain? Disgraced. Degraced, you know, you become disgraced. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. People start jumping. That's what happened to Demas. Demas looked and said, ah, what's wrong with this bro? You know, Paul was not a nice man to follow. On, there are two reasons you follow Paul. One, you want to learn. Two, God spoke to you to walk with him. Why else do you follow a man that his bragging rights that three times he was beaten with rods? He can't even testify of the offerings they gave to him. The only time we know of Paul chop offering in that whole Bible or well, Philippians chapter 4. Even when he received the offering, look at the way he even used mouth, spoiled the offering. He said, I saw the things you guys, what you guys brought. He said, it's not for me, it's for yourself. Didn't you read it? He said, I'm not happy for me, I'm happy for you. That at last, you have rekindled your love for me and my God will supply all your needs according to this. But as for me, I've learned to bear abundance. I've learned to bear poverty. In life as a whole and all the circumstances, I've learned how to live the same. Person, you gather money to bring up. You levied yourself. You, you, it pained you when you were bringing the money. Say, so I received the money. Just, it's for your own good. The only time we saw that the man received better offering, he used mouth. Finish the offering. Say, so I've received everything. I'm satisfied. He said, but let me just let you know. If this is for me, forget it. I'm the same whether I've eaten or I've not eaten. When there's food I eat, I give thanks. When there's no food, I fast and I still give thanks. Following him is not nice. Most of us are demas who will not follow. <laughs> when you start following, when you say anointing, you first be attracted. No, it's happened to kingdom before. When they hear me preach, where's the ministry? When they come and sit down, what's the pro- prospect for promotion? Ah, they only promote to hell. <laughs> when are you opening branch? No, the open branch. Some who spoke, I still remember one guy came. He said, Pastor, God said I should come and learn from you. I said, eh, okay, we thank God. Then I saw him once or twice. Then like Balaam, God had told him not to go again. <laughs> yeah, it, happen, oh, it happens. What am I then saying all of these things? Intercessors. Let me not miss what I'm saying. God gives them a place. They stay there. They are the ones that can pray and God will hear. Any escape artist, are you getting my point? <laughs> Anyone who has this escape mentality cannot pray effectively. They can't. A man I like to quote all the time is John Knox. When he was praying for Scotland, what did he say? Give me Scotland or I die. You know what many of us pray? Bless Nigeria or give me a visa. Choose one. That's how we pray. God bless Nigeria or give me a visa. This life is too short. Me I must enjoy it. 
There was a time, really. Now, please, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. There was a time, let me finish saying it, please, before you judge it. There was a time I was, I used to believe God, a lot, for the prosperity of this nation. All right? And what I say, don't judge it yet, is that I still do. But you see what I want to say. But now I have understood. Because then, you know, you are looking forward to something. So when something good happens, you are happy. If something negative happens, you charge yourself again in the Lord. You refuse to get discouraged. But now I've reached a point in which I'm still believing God for that prosperity. I'm still believing God. You hear the way I prophesy, the way I preach. But now, I'm more focused on do your job. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Do your assignment. If it comes during your lifetime, give thanks and give praise for it. If it doesn't, it will come in the lifetime of your children. But you focus on your assignment. Continue to teach, continue to pray. Continue to teach, continue to raise people who know how to pray. That's my... So I now have a more of a flat attitude now. You know? Whether it goes up or it goes down, we remain the same. We want it to go up. We want things to improve. But no matter what you say, what are we going to do now? I hope you're getting my point. Until my assignment here is over, I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be. Because, you know, I have a desire now, now, not to leave Nigeria like that, but to, folk, to help other African countries. It's, it's a desire of my heart, you know. God has not allowed that yet. I, I really have... <laughs> Africans have problems, though. Anything you see in Nigeria, multiply by five. That's what the other average African country. Once you remove Ghana and Kenya, everybody is, sorry, let's not say we are streaming. Have you heard that? You know, Kenya, the GDP of Kenya, when they were shouting, Nigeria will break it. One day I read, I just went to go and check it. The GDP of the whole of Kenya is less than that of Lagos. I hope no Lagos GDP does not include our crude oil. All this crude oil we are, we are drilling and selling. We don't count it with Lagos. All the gas we are selling, we don't count it in Lagos. All our, uh, what they call, cows that we are breeding and fighting over, we don't count it in Lagos. All the farming of uh, beans, rice, Lagosians don't farm rice, they don't farm beans. They do mostly services and, you know, um, tech, tech things and all of that. Their GDP is more than that of Kenya. That's add, you know, this uh, tech hub in Kenya, all the money, you know, add everything with their farm, with their rail line, with all the money they are borrowing from China, everything. Add it together. <laughs> Lagos beats them hands down. And they are one of the best African countries around. So just understand what Africans are going through. One of my, one of my colleagues came back, he called me yesterday, they just came back from Sierra Leone. We just came for a holiday, they're going back to work. When I asked him what happened, he says, sir, the people are very poor. <laughs> they don't have one person from their country who is a pathologist. They don't have one. That's how come they are hiring my colleagues from Enugu. He says, sir, things are very bad. He said, we can't even get basic supplies. He said, the suppliers are not even there to supply. Just to give you an, an idea of why my heart reaches out to African countries. Nigeria is very... In fact, he said, he said sir, you know, there we are giants of Africa. He said, we are really giants of Africa. He said, we are really giants. So. 
With all this complaint, we are complaining, you know, we are giants. So, my heart is for the other Africans, really. If you say, go open the door, I don't want to go to Europe. If you say, open the door, East Africa, Western African countries, Southern Africa, those are the places I want to, I want to be able to talk. If you ever hear that Pastor Banky bought a private jet, just know that's the reason why. Because to move around those places is so difficult. Yeah, it's easier to go to London than to go to an East African country. That's all by the way. So, until our assignment, wherever we are kept, that's the point I'm trying to make. We are pointing out, out our lives every day. And we are the ones, therefore, that can pray effectively. That's what I'm going to say in all of these things. Just reminding us. As a believer, you can't, there's nothing. Remember our fighting Adaya? You must have that attitude. You are, that's the kind of person that God listens to his or her prayer. And I believe by God's mercies that the way we've been teaching here over the months, over the years, that we are raising people with that attitude. Because they are the ones that will get on their knees. And God puts them in different sectors. Some of you listening to me, we may be here physically, remotely. You will get into politics. And you can't leave. You are not there to make money. You are there to suffer. You know what I mean by suffering now? You are there to take whatever it is they are going to give. But you are not shifting anywhere. God says you won't make any stupid agreements. You will not rig you know, too much, I mean, too many things to say. When God places you somewhere, do you understand? And you have to succeed there. He has a choice. He either leaves you to put your hand to do evil, or he corrects the injustice there. I don't know whether you're getting my point. How does that scripture go again? I said, let the Righteous put forth his hand to do iniquity. There's one scripture like that. Huh? Psalm 1 to 5. There's something that you'll see what I want to get, get out for us. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's Pastor Solomon. When you preach to very wicked people, you will know scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to a headsman camp to go and preach the gospel. You better know scripture. But when people are like, okay, when they are preaching in Jerry. <laughs> he said, The scepter of wickedness shall not rest upon the land of the righteous or the lot. I prefer that expression, the lot. There's a reason why I like lot. That the righteous may not put forth their hands to do wrong. There's a reason why, look, listen, what am I talking about here? God puts into politics. He says, don't rig, right? So you refuse to rig. Don't make unholy alliances, you refuse to do it. So how do you win elections? You know the only way you can win elections? I'll tell you, on your knees. You will pray until there's electoral reform. And God said, look, if I leave Banky to pray for electoral reform, he won't understand. Do you get my point? He will never lose an election. He doesn't understand it. He can pray generally for Nigeria. But he has never bought a phone for 5 million naira and then he watches himself rigged out. He said, but when a believer goes inside and says, no, I'm not putting forth my hand to do wickedly, to do what that which is wrong. By that decision, you move the hand of God to correct that which was wrong. That's how prayer works. Let the kind of people that get on their knees and say, Lord, avenge me of my adversaries. 
if you're a judge and you're going to sit on the electoral tribunal, check to make sure those people are not praying. Because if they are praying, God will use you as an example. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Let me tell you, the, the real, I think I was raised for a time like this, to say some things that my brethren were not saying before. You know, I keep on saying it. We present God like, you know, nice God, nice God. He doesn't like to kill people. Let me tell you what God will do. If God gives, when, when you're a judge eh, and you are wicked, I know there's what is called the iniquity of the Amorite, not yet full. When the clouds are full, they pour forth judgment. <laughs> the Bible says it's rain, but pour forth judgment. So sometimes, you know, Jesus said it like that. When I want the Jerusalem to suffer for the sins of the prophets they killed from Abel to Zechariah, I bring them more prophets to kill. That's the way it works. So sometimes if you're a judge, God's been watching you for a long time. He'll put you on an electoral tribunal and you'll go there to collect bribes. Then a praying man or woman will now go for an election and he or she will get rigged out. Will now come before your tribunal. And the opponent is having more money than him will come and give you money, and you will take. And the spirit will push that one, and they will get on his knees or her knees. And all they will say is just one word. Lord, avenge me of my adversaries. You know, if me and you say it, it's those who are owing us money that we are thinking of. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. That's all you are thinking of. They came and bought my goods. They have not paid. Lord, meanwhile, the bank is asking for their money. Avenge me. That's it. But people like that, when they say, Lord, avenge me of my adversaries. Let me say this to you. I'm not joking about it. An angel will, this is what used to happen, and it still happens. An angel will literally take his sword, come down from heaven with a list of his adversaries. You know, there are kind of some angels in heaven. God warned Moses that they don't hear. The angels you can't pray against, they don't listen. You can't repent. If God unleashes that type of angel on a man's case, all his adversaries are dead. A judge will just wake up in the morning, have a stroke, boom, can't talk again. The hand that he uses to write to be paralyzed. Remove that one. Something good is found in him. Let him live at home with his stroke. Some angels in heaven, you don't want to encounter them. You just want them when they're on your side. When they're the ones escorting you, you are very happy. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Next, the man who bribed, the angel will cut his hand off from the elbow, from, from the shoulder, I wanted to say. The hand will, will paralyze from that place. So who else? By the time it's done, your eyes will see it. And they will now start saying, what happened? Please, don't ever give glory. You know, the problem we've had is, ah, that man get juju. We have a worse juju. Did you hear what I said? The juju of the Christian is worse. But you see, the righteous must first make up his mind that I'm not going to do wrong. That, that's you're not talking about, you know, I went to all of this talking about the kind of person that God listens to. He first makes up his mind that I'm not going to do wrong. And God will test you. You will do the first election. They will rig you out. They will offer you a means of getting what you want, but you can see the iniquity in the method. God knows. He just wants to give you in heaven. You, 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 ah, how do I say this? Please don't misunderstand me. You buy your right to talk. Did you hear what I said? People think that I'm a believer. I can say it. No, 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 no. Once you're a believer, you qualify to start moving. I don't know whether you're getting my point. They bring you in. 
then you start buying your right to talk. What do I mean by your right to talk? Wait, have you been unjustly treated and you did not personally take vengeance? The answer is yes. So now, answer, talk, let's hear you. Have you resisted sin to the shedding of blood? Yes. Listen, he said they overcame him how? Number three, they did not love their lives even when faced with death. That's the number three thing I'm talking about. That those who are with him, they called. They chosen and what? You are not called faithful except you've gone through adversity. You are not called faithful unless you have gone through trials. You are not called faithful until you have gone through challenges. Many of us are faithless. We fail every day. We don't realize it. You will not join hands. Let us pray. I'm very reluctant to join hands. One day, one of my classmates started the chat groups to pray. So those who are interested should join. In my mind, me join who? You? This is your faithlessness to destroy the little faith I have? Because in normal chat, I've heard the way you talk. They now want to what to not be talking serious talk. In normal chat, I've heard your faith. You know, the, the real test of faith is not when you are in church and say, "Let us join our hands." Let's leave church first. Let's meet in the market. That's when we know those who really have faith and who do, those who don't. What am I going to say? We buy our right to talk in the realm of the spirit. So in that area where God has kept you, when you've been treated this way and that way, and you have nowhere else to go, the big and listen, the Godfathers when they are finished disappointing you. Listen, when people are supposed to help you disappoint you, what are you supposed to do? Rejoice. Thank you. You are supposed to give thanks. You know why? They have increased your faith in God. When human beings disappoint you, they have only increased your faith in God. That's the reason they have done. I thought he would help me. He didn't help. He has only increased your faith in God. That's why you now get on your knees and say, Lord, avenge me of my adversaries. That's when you will say to the Lord, don't let the wicked prosper. Establish the righteous, O Lord. Then God will look at everyone who's been rigging election. Everyone who's been bribing. Everyone who has been removing the rights of other people because he has more money than them. He will go after them. That's what we mean when he says, it's not everybody that can talk. And God needs such intercessors. We said it last time, they are persistent people. First, they are fight here, I die here people. I have my tough, God has given me this, this my name is John Knox, I'm in Scotland. Revival is not moving. I'm not going to go to England. I'm not running to Ireland. I'm not going to Switzerland. I'm not going to Germany just because Martin Luther has done something over there. Scotland is my portion. So what do I do? I get on my knees and say to the Lord, give me Scotland or I die. And you know what? God wants to hear that. I said to us last time, when um, Esther was going to be given for the salvation of the people, God had to put a death sentence on her path. Yeah, that's what he did. You are going to redeem the people? Eh? You pass through the death sentence. So he opened her mouth and said to America, Ah, the king. We don't see him like that. Ah, love nourish that area. No. We don't, we don't see the king like that. To see the king <laughs> is risky. Except he sends for you. So I will wait for him to send for me. America said, You don't understand. Death is around the corner. He said, but if I go in, he might kill me. He said, well, maybe you came to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
Then to get deliverance for the people of Israel, she had to utter one statement. If I perish, I perish. That was the key to the deliverance of Israel. Once she passed through those doors, she could come back home. Let's, I'm trying to explain prayer now. She could not get on her knees and say, Lord, deliver my people. And that prayer will hit heaven. Why? She was willing to pass through those doors, risking her life. God places a death sentence. No, go and see what Paul talked about. He said, death is working in us, it appears like. He said, yet. He said, but what are we doing? We are poor, making many people rich. He said to the Corinthians, life is working in you, but death is working in us, it seems. That's the point he was trying to make. Because so bless you people, I risk my life each time. People, that's how spiritual things work. You want to pray for Nigeria? Listen. Anybody say, come, let's join our hands. Ask the person. If I give you a visa, you they go. He said, yes, leave that thing. Go. I'm not saying going is bad, though. But just don't come and waste my time. Say, let us pray. Don't waste my time. Let's find something else to pray for. Let's pray for our families. Amen. There's nothing wrong with our families. Can you leave your family? You can't leave them. In fact, you went to look for money to take care of them. That also. So your prayer for them is good. But the nation, God said, no, 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 leave that thing, leave that thing. Don't waste our time. I want people who are ready to pour their lives. People who are ready to pour their substance. People, you know, there's this sense of ownership which I preach to Christians. You've heard Christians say it many times. I've not said it in a while. Let me say it again because it's important. And I've been seeing many videos recent times. And somebody forwarded something that um, Zeke said, you know. I, read, I don't know whether it's been flying around in recent times. Some statements that Zeke made concerning the Federation of Nigeria. In fact, I don't know whether it's true or false, so I cannot just quote it now, everything that he said. But one of the claims he made was that he was a person that argued vehemently when they were drafting the Constitution of Independence that secession will not be put as a provision in the Constitution. He argued. He argued vehemently. And the British went with him. Then I heard Professor Jerry Gannon. I don't know how many of you saw the video. So it's, that one's also flying. Well, at least I get it. I don't know whether it's flying or not. I got it recently. And he was, he was talking about Nigeria. Prof said that, you remember Jerry Gannon? Yes. They are the founding members of PDP that brought in President Obasanjo. He said that it was, PDP was started by, is it 34, 36 men, he said, that loved the country, true patriots. And he explained some things. Well, I've heard stories here and there, but what he said now tied everything down together for me. He said that, why was Nigeria formed? He explained something. He said, Western Nigeria, that is mostly Yorubas in Western Nigeria, he said they are big, they can form a nation. He said, Eastern Nigeria, Igbos, they are big, they can form a nation. He said, Northern Nigeria, House Afghanistan, he said they are big, they could form a country, talking about when Nigeria was formed at the beginning. He said, the problem that the British had was the over 200 other people that didn't belong among these three, of which he's one of them. He said they are too small to form a country. They're just small groups of people. So they reasoned about it and said the only way to form this country is to bring the big people together so that they will put in the small people amongst them and form a federal republic. That that's the only way to preserve the smaller people. I, I hope I get my point. I have the video. He, he gave this recently. I'm sure, I'm sure that speech was made in the last few weeks. 
So it, was, it now says something. It talked about how Abuja was chosen, that they are the hosts. That he's from, the, he's from um, which state is he from? Is it Niger? Because he said that they are the host community for federal capital. All right? And that, see, it now says something. He said, those of you who are big with you, you can go. He said, go if you have to. He said, but you know the rest of us, we can't go anywhere. He said, we will remain the Federal Republic of Nigeria. And Abuja will remain our headquarters. He said, it's our land. <laughs> he says, our land. We gave it. He said, we are too small to be raising shoulders. We want to stand on our own. When he finished describing it, I said, my God. You know, he explained it. You know, a lot of people, you know, when people, you know, you know I told you, became fat and kicked. He gave facts. He said, there are 14 million Igbos living in northern Nigeria. After the last count, 14 million. I was shocked to hear it. And he said almost double that from western Nigeria, who live in northern Nigeria. <laughs> you know, those of us who stay back home, yeah, yeah, cut it, cut it, cut it. You don't know what you are saying. We should bring 14 million people back to Enugu. Oh, let's bring 14 million people back. That does not include those who are living in Lagos. We're talking about those who are living where? North. He said last count. 14 million. When I heard it, eh, my eyes popped. What? So it wasn't explained to us that, look, basically that all this noise we are making, let me, let me now add my own words. We are making noise of ignorance. Cutting is the hardest thing to do in Nigeria of today. It's hard. It's extremely hard. It's impractical. In fact, it tantamounts to wrecking. I don't know whether you get my point. It tantamounts to wrecking. It's like trying to cut a car. You know, I can cut your shirt. It's not hard. Now, have you done it before? The color of your shirt, don't they give you problem? You just remove the, that, that fold in here. It becomes like Bishop's shirt. Is that also? Yes, sir. <laughs> shirt is easy to cut. Your trouser, you, you tore here, you turn it to Nika. Is that also? Yes, easy to cut. Cut your car. Which part of the car do you want to cut? You remove the back tire. I drive it now. Let us see now. I don't like this car. The axle is too heavy. Remove the axle. Drive the car now. Remove the shaft. Drive it. A car is difficult to divide. The build of the car makes it so intricately woven. You remove one part here. The other part on the other end is not functioning again. I hope you know the engine is, is in front. I hope you know the tank is behind. <laughs> For safety reasons. But the engine that uses the fuel is the far front of the motor car, unless you are using the B2. <laughs> That's how this our nation is right now. And so I tell Christians, listen to this. Forget all the noise we are making. You get a sense of ownership. Own every corner. Do you get my point? You're my own every corner. See Jigawa as your own, that if anybody goes there to cause trouble, when you fire the person in prayer, when we fire you in prayer, the other day they told me that they, one of our radio stations in the north, they have a new um, MD, and that one was now trying to flex muscle as he wants to disrupt our broadcast. Don't mind me. You know, I have this Jeremiah spirit right now. I said, him? I told her, I said, leave that guy. I've been looking for somebody that God will use as an example. So I can give testimonies. You know, testimonies is sweet. I will give men as ransom for your life. What are you talking about? 
I'm preaching the gospel. You want to come and obstruct it? I will turn you to a prayer point. Have you ever seen, uh, did you ever see Patrick Ngozi Awunzia pray? One day I saw him pray. That's the whole devil. I saw him pray one day. I said, eh? Browse here. You hold the devil like this, arm lock. Gee. Hey. The devil heard it here, so that pound is devil's head. I'm looking for me where they find person where I go put in your head for arm lock. <laughs> they want they now because it's a Muslim. And the place we said it's a Muslim state where we're broadcasting the gospel. I said, Don't worry. I will use you for you know experiment. So there's one new prayer with length. Does it work? Let's see. Now you go in like, Tuah! is he still there? And there are scriptures for that now. The one where we say, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies be what? Scatter. Say, let the doers of iniquity not survive on this. Ah! And I wind it for you. Eh? I say, Pastor, small, small. Now we just wanted to get more money. Hey, ask for money. I will not, I won't fight you. Ask for money. What's wrong with it? We will give you money. But if you want to block the flow of that gospel, why? Let me not mention the name of the state. We are taking ownership. It's our land. Yes, it's ours. God has given it to us. Go and listen to what Jephthah said to the Ammonites. He said, whatever God disposes in front of you, we want to collect it. He said, when Chesi, Chimosh, your God, if he gives, disposes somebody, he disposes a land and gives it to you, we want to take it. Whatever God has given us, we are going to hold on to it. I take Nigeria as something that God has given me. Rest your feet. It's something that he has given to us. That's what I'm going to say. It's something that he has given. Let's give the Lord thanks first of all. No light. Truth is enlightening. Yes. And I want each person to right? Let's yield ourselves as intercessors. Are you praying there? Give the Lord thanks for the truth that you have learned. And I want us to pray today for this nation. I reclaim it. We're going to pray for the nation, for the church, and then we'll leave it there. I've spoken at length to tell us what it means to have an intercessor spirit, sense of ownership. What God has given you, you are laying down your life for it and you are holding on. Look, he said, guard it and keep it. Give the Lord thanks because he has called you. Give the Lord thanks because he has given you truth today. Give the Lord thanks because he knows you by name and he has given you an assignment. Give him thanks, give him thanks. Give him thanks. And I want us to begin to yield ourselves now as instruments of righteousness. Yield your tongue, yield your life, yes, not just your tongue. Now say, Lord, I yield my life to you as an intercessor. You have a minute to tell him that in different words. Say, Lord, I yield my life to you as an intercessor. You know what that means now? It's not just somebody who's praying. No. It's somebody who's living a particular life. Who has a particular expectation. Who's pouring down his or her life for a cause. Who's taking ownership. That's what an intercessor is. It's not just somebody who has scripture. That's the instrument they use. But first of all, what is the life like? So yield yourself to this as an instrument, as an intercessor. Say, Lord, I'm enlisted. You know what it means now? You're enlisted. You're enlisted. 
You are enlisted. God has enlisted you for something. You are a redeemer with him. You are giving out, you are giving, you know, your life. You are pouring forth your blood like he did. Speak to him and say, Lord, I'm enlisted. I yield myself. Say to him, I yield myself. I yield myself. I yield my life, my ambitions, my thoughts, my plans, everything. I yield everything to you so that I will be a soldier ready to suffer hardship if necessary as a true soldier of Christ. Yes. I yield myself as a true soldier of Christ ready to endure hardship Ready to endure hardship. Say, Lord, find me useful. Find me useful, Lord. I yield myself. Pray that prayer. It's important. Believe me, God needs people. He's going to send you out as a laborer into this harvest field. There's a field of intercession where laborers are needed. People have disciplined their tongue, disciplined their hearts to seek only after the will of God. People who don't pray according to how they feel, according to the sin of their eyes or the judgment of their flesh, but only after the will of God. Yield yourself. Let me read that scripture I was quoting earlier, Judges chapter 11. Jephthah said to, um, I'm just, um, it's not, that is the Ammon, is the king of the Ammonites, yes, it's the Ammonites as the issue here. What, I don't want to get the name. Anyway, the king of the sons of Ammon. He said, do you not possess what Chemosh your God gives to you to possess? So whatever the Lord our God has driven out before us, we will possess. I already explained that God casts nations so that he can derive particular phrases. For example, now we are called what? The church in Nigeria. That's what we are called. That's what we are called. You know what that means? He has given the nation to the church. Did you hear that? Now claim it, receive it. Yeah, you have a minute. Say, Lord, you have given this, I will receive it. With my brethren, I possess this nation. Yeah, that's the prayer. With my brethren, I possess this nation. We possess this nation. Why? That's what the Lord has given us. That is what he has given. That's the prayer. We possess this nation. That is one thing the Lord has given us. Remember, we are an assignment. We have been enlisted. We are enlisted people. So I want us to pray. Say, Lord, I, say it after me. I possess this nation. I want to repeat that seven times at least. Say, Lord, I possess this nation. I possess this nation. With my brethren, I possess this nation. Because you have given it to me, I possess it. Because you have given it to us, we possess it. We possess this land. It's a land that you have given to us. A land in which we will establish righteousness. A land in which we will make Jesus king. So all of this came together with one purpose in mind. To make David king. 
So in the same manner, we are making Jesus king. And he will reign over this nation. Like I always like to say, name at least 20 states in Nigeria from all the regions. And say, Lord, I receive it together with my brethren. As a church, we receive it. We receive Sokoto in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Enugu in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Kebi in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Anambra in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Lagos in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Ogu in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Cross River in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Rivers in the name of Jesus. We possess it. We receive Borno State in the name of Jesus. We receive Jigawa in the name of Jesus. We receive Kano. We receive Katsina. We receive Kebi. We receive Benue. We receive Kogi. We receive Taraba. We receive Adamawa. In the name of Jesus, we possess all these states. Akwa Ebon, we receive. Ebon, we receive. Imo, we receive. Abia, we receive. In the name of Jesus, and we possess them. We possess all these states of Nigeria. Nasarawa, Bauchi, Gombe. We receive them. In the name of Jesus, and we possess them. The federal capital territory, Abuja. Jesus, we reign there. Jesus reigns. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, we reign. Let's continue to declare that Jesus will reign over all these states we have mentioned. Anyone I did not mention, once you are a member of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, we receive you, we possess you. For Jesus. Yes, for Jesus we receive and we possess. For Jesus we receive and we possess every one of these states. And we say Jesus will reign in them. We say Jesus will reign in them. Let's, let's use our weapons of war. He says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Now begin to declare that. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Declare that at least five to seven times. Like Elisha said to that king, you should have struck, <laughs> struck like five or six times. Uh-uh. So declare it five or six times or seven times. Of the increase of, the, of his government and of peace into all these states, there shall be no end. We declare that a gospel will spread in Enugu state. We declare that it will spread in Anambra. It will spread in Delta. It will spread in Edo. It will spread in Sokoto. It will spread in, in, in Jigawa. It will spread in Kano. It will spread in Katsina. It will spread, spread in Adamawa. It will spread, spread in Taraba state. Jesus will reign in all these states, federal capital territory. In Kwara, in Kogi, the gospel will spread because it is written of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. Now begin to declare peace upon all these lands. Say that let peace reign. Why? God wants us to live in peace, in quiet, so that all men will be saved. He wants us to live in quiet, in peace and tranquility before him. He wants all men to be saved. We cannot preach the gospel except there is peace. So let's begin to declare, Lord, let peace reign. Lord, let your wrath come to an end. Oppress the wicked quickly. Do it rapidly. And draw men into the kingdom. Let's join the prayer I mentioned earlier. All those who have made kidnapping a way of making money, hurting other people, and putting mental distress into families, and killing sometimes in the process, 
They think it's a way to make profit. Say, Lord, bring them to an end. Yes, say, Lord, bring them to an end. Quickly open your Bibles to Psalm 37. Let's use that one to prove that. Verses, um, let's read from verse 12 to verse 15. Psalm 37, are you there? From verse 12, whatever version you have, read it, alright? One to let's go. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him for he sees his day coming. Now, notice that. Everybody say, their day is coming. Say, their day is coming. And now it is. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now read verse 14. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in conduct. Fifteen, sword will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken. Read it again. Their swords will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken. Read it again. In this country, the sword of the wicked will enter their own hearts. Their bows will be broken. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever they have drawn, that is the wicked, against the righteous, against the person that are sitting down dwelling in peace, who have not offended them, whatever plans they have had, will turn against them. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is one word. They will discover in this nation that iniquity does not pay. Ah. No longer will we call the thief generous. Yes, in Nigeria, iniquity will not pay. From experience, people will discover that if we enter a political office and we steal money, it will be a bad idea. Ah, You're not saying like you believe it. In the name of Jesus Christ. In this country, iniquity will not pay. Kidnapping will not pay. After a while, you know, the spirit will come upon many of these kidnappers, especially the younger ones. They will say, man, this is bad business. They are not repenting. They are just discovering. <laughs> then there's a difference between repentance and discovery. <laughs> you just look and say, yeah, I'm still a wicked person, but this is not the way to spend my energy. It does not pay. The Lord will cause them to discover that in this land. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Read that verse 15 again one more time. Their sword will enter their own heart. And their bones will be broken. Quickly, open to Psalm 11. Just go back quickly to Psalm 11. I want us to read a few verses there also. For God to cleanse iniquity and violence out of this land. He will do it too. Read from verse 4 to verse 7 with me. If you are ready, say amen. amen. Now let's go from verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Verse 6. Upon the wicked he will rain snares. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. 7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Read verse 6 again. Upon the wicked he will rain snares fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. 
For the Lord, verse 7, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Listen to me. I said something last time. Let me say it again. You know, I said don't stop your hustle. Remember that? Don't stop your righteousness. Don't stop your righteousness. Even if it's traffic, you are driving like a peaceful person. Please don't stop. Don't let the people, the iniquitous driving change you. You know what I call iniquitous driving? You are, you are parked like this at the traffic light. The one guy will not only speed past you, will be blasting horn at the same time. Pam, wah, 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 go, boom. You know, your soul will be catching him. So tomorrow, you now say, I beg. I'm not the only idiot here. You are not the only idiot. You are the only righteous. I hope you are getting my point. You are not a fool. You are trying to do something. Always tell Christians, don't be the one to scatter. Say, but hey, the whole line will scatter. See, I know the temptations, all right? So this is how I handle it. Let somebody else scatter it. When the Lord says, who scattered this place? Why should, they call, why should they call my name? No, is it good? The line was going JJ before. They, you know somebody will soon scatter it and turn the whole place to chaos. But that person must never be me. Let's be that they scattered it first. Then I, I can't see my front again. So the whole thing is now chaotic. I'm now praying for deliverance. And the Lord will deliver me. He will deliver you too. What am I going to say? You must never be the one to do evil. No. So let me give you that. It's the word of God though. You know why? Let me even tell you the reason why. <laughs> because very soon, he's about to start judging iniquity. And you know what thing God says? Let me quickly tell you. It's very bad though, but it's the truth. Nobody likes it, but it's the truth. If you have done iniquity for nine years, I'm sorry, if you have done righteousness for nine years, and God comes to judge iniquity in the tenth year, and that's the time you now give up, and I do iniquity. You know what happens? They judge you as if you have been doing it for 10 years. Ooh. It's better to just die doing right. Do you hear what I said? Just die doing right. <laughs> it's safer. It's safer. Why am I saying this? Because I have this conviction in my soul. In this nation, the Lord is about to start judging visibly iniquity. You will see it. You see a troublemaker that has been hiding. They just, you know, there's one man in Nigeria the other day that was shaking another man down for, remember Mr. Integrity? He's now in prison. It took a long time, but he ended in prison. Then he will still come out. Uh, yes, but right now, stay there first. See, all the people that are doing evil in this nation, eh? I'm not talking about next year, beginning from now. We are the ones that allow the iniquity to prosper. That is the church. We are the ones. Our last prayer point so we can go home. Pray for the church. Pray from Psalm 45. Open to Psalm 45. Yeah, we are going to read from verse 3. And we are going to read to verse 6. From verse 3 to verse 6. Are you there? Psalm 45. If you are ready, say amen. amen. Father God, we pray for the body of Christ in this nation. We know you want your body cleansed. You want the church to be clean, impeccable, like a bride, white garment, depicting righteousness. And you are going to wash the church with the washing of water by the word. You are going to uproot iniquity from her. In Revelation, you spoke to the churches. You warned everybody, repent, because I'm coming. We know, Lord, you are the God that purges your people. And Lord, in this generation, we are saying, do it again in the name of Jesus. Make the church in this land glorious. Make it glorious. Let it be a place again 
when businesses are looking for accountants, they will go to church. There was a time it was like that. When you start your business, you say, who will be my accountant? You just go to church, go and tell the pastor, but you get accountant for us. But these days, you know, it's a risky thing. But there was one accountant in one, one company in Lagos. When Naira was going for a hundred Naira to the dollar, he stole six million Naira from his company and gave to his judge. You think anybody will go back to that church and go and look for accountant? Eh? You will go to that church and say, I'm looking for accountant. <laughs> you will use your, 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 your turnover as seed. He sold it. They said the guy did not even buy trousers. When a man steals money and doesn't buy shirt and trousers, you know he has been bewitched. He didn't know what he was doing. There was a time, yes, if you wanted accountants, you went to church. Say, please, can you get one of your brethren? Say, ah, the only one we have is not too experienced. You say, don't worry, we will, tre- we will teach him. She does not steal. That's what we care about. But now, we have people who are giving testimonies. Praise God. Be an accountant earning some money, normal civil service money, then come and give an offering of 10 million. And pastor will say, Praise God. We have worthy sons. One, you know, pastors are really, you no, know, apostle, pray for this, your brethren. There was one I heard one day, I couldn't believe it. Real story. God is solving our problems. I don't need to say we get problem again. God is solving it, He will solve it. If you're a pastor, hear me. God is solved. Don't let him solve you. <laughs> Read from verse 3 to verse 6. One, two, let's go. Get thy sword on thy thigh, O mighty one, in thy splendor and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride down victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. And let thy right hand teach thee awesome things. God's thy arrows are sharp. The peoples fall under thee. Thy arrows are in the heart of the king's enemies. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. This is what God will do in his church. Amen. Listen to this. He will elevate uprightness. Amen. Say amen now. Amen. He will elevate truth. Amen. He will elevate uprightness. Amen. He will elevate truth. He will bring down every platform from where his name is being wrongly represented. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every, now, pastors worldwide listen to this, especially if you're in Nigeria, especially if you're in Nigeria, especially if you're in Nigeria. Every pulpit where mammon is exalted is coming down. Amen. I will say it again. You know, the Bible says the love of money is what? A root of all sorts of evil. That is why God has to judge that in the heart of his people. So listen to me, ministers of the gospel. Thus says the Lord. Now, I will begin to judge every platform where mammon is exalted. Amen. Where mammon has obscured the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That pulpit is coming under judgment. Amen. That platform is coming under judgment. Amen. The church of Christ in this nation shall be pure again. Amen. It will happen when people are looking for truth, they will go to church. Amen. When they are confused, they will go to church. Amen. When they are depressed, they will go to church. Amen. When they are seeking the Lord, they will go to church. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ah, I was talking to one of my colleagues a few days ago. I, I used to go to this church. What happened? 
He said, every time I go there, they drain my spirit. So, so I don't go to church anymore. And I've been making better spiritual progress by not going to church. Haba. No, this church must be clean. Again, this church will be pure. Give the Lord thanks for that. Just have a minute for that. Say, Lord, thank you. You are cleansing your church. You are cleansing your church. You are purifying your people. You are cleansing your church. You are purifying your people.